Podcast One production. Your morning agenda with Natasha Belling. Good morning. Thanks for your company. Let's check what's making headlines this Wednesday, the 10th of February. The World Health Organization's team of experts investigating the origins of COVID-19 has released its long-awaited findings, saying it's extremely unlikely the virus originated in a lab and instead came from an unknown animal. Here's Dr Peter Ambaric from the WHO. Our initial findings suggest that the introduction through an intermediary host species uh, is the most likely pathways and one that will require more studies and more specific uh, targeted uh, research. The experts who have been investigating COVID in Wuhan for a number of weeks say they aren't sure which animal the virus started in before being transmitted to humans. The team adding COVID may not have originated in Wuhan as initially suspected, and further investigations are needed to search for earlier cases that may have been missed in other countries and also whether the virus could have been transmitted via frozen food. Also making news this morning, New South Wales health authorities have issued an urgent health alert over the new Melbourne COVID cases, saying anyone who stayed at the Holiday Inn Hotel at Melbourne Airport during a two-week period and now deemed close contacts and must isolate and get tested. It comes after two new COVID infections were linked to the quarantine hotel. One is a returned traveller who had finished 14 days in quarantine and the other is a worker. Victorian Chief Health Officer Brett Sutton says it's likely the virus was transmitted within the hotel quarantine system. This is an issue for quarantine across the board in Victoria, across Australia and really in any country that's got a a formal hotel quarantine system. Uh, It's probably always been a risk but with these variants of concern with greater transmissibility um, it really does require that end-to-end review process. It comes as calls grow for a complete overhaul of the hotel quarantine system with a number of positive cases spreading in facilities around the country. There's very tight security in the US as impeachment proceedings against Donald Trump get underway in the US this morning. The former US president is the first in history to be impeached twice. Mr Trump is accused of inciting an insurrection at US Capitol on the 6th of January and will face a second trial in the Senate. For a conviction, the Senate needs a two-thirds majority, which will mean 17 Republicans need to break ranks and join with all 50 Democrats. Constitutional expert Paul Schiff-Berman has told the ABC, no US president has ever been impeached since leaving office, but it's a process that's critical to democracy. Whether or not it results in conviction, I think this is a process that we have to go through because we have to say that this is just beyond the pale. If convicted, Mr Trump will be banned from running for US president again. A sensational effort from Aussie superstar Ash Barty overnight, smashing her way into the second round of the Australian Open. We'll have more details on that story coming up shortly in sport. Now for a look at what else is making news around the country this Wednesday morning. And we start in Sydney. Crown Resorts has responded to a damning report that's ruled it's unsuitable to operate a new casino at Barangaroo in Sydney. Our reporter James Royce has more. 
Tash, the report was commissioned by the New South Wales Independent Liquor and Gaming Authority in response to concerns about systemic issues at Crown's casinos both in Melbourne and Perth. Now, the concerns include allegations of money laundering and links to overseas crime syndicates. Crown has responded in a statement saying it was considering the findings and would work with the authority and New South Wales government in relation to those findings and recommendations. Now, one man who has backed the report's findings is Independent MP Andrew Wilkie, and he's told 7.30 the report is awkward reading for Victoria and WA. Crown is not a fit and proper entity to hold a casino licence anywhere in, in Australia, not just Sydney, but, but also Melbourne and Perth. And frankly, the flaws within Crown, they're so deep and so systemic. You know, Crown is beyond redemption. And we'll have more details on this story shortly from Scott Phillips in Finance. In Melbourne, Collingwood Football Club boss Eddie Maguire has announced he is stepping down from the top job effective immediately. Yesterday's bombshell announcement follows mounting pressure after a damning report into racism within the club. James Lake has more from Melbourne. That's right, Tash. Usually Eddie has reserved his tears for Magpies' wins, but yesterday it was Eddie's loss. Nobody could have missed all the stories about racism at the Collingwood Footy Club in recent weeks, and Maguire couldn't avoid the spotlight it had put on his leadership. In stepping down, the 56-year-old admitted he had become a negative distraction at the club, and being there would undermine its ability to move forward. Here is some of what he had to say yesterday. I love Australian rules footy. I love that it is the most egalitarian of games, no matter the size, the shape, or any other subset of life. He or she with a Sharon is the most important person in the world when they've got it in their hands. I love my memories of Victoria Park the first time. Now, for the first time in my life, I've felt part of a community. Maguire has also announced he will step away from the media spotlight for a while, but will continue to host Millionaire Hot Seat on Nine. Triple M says he will also appear as a special guest during the footy season. Youth justice advocates and lawyers have criticised the Queensland government's tough new measures to tackle youth crime. Our reporter Amy Drew has the latest. Yeah, Tash, well, many groups have voiced concerns about the sweeping changes missing the mark, claiming there's not enough focus on diversion programs and the underlying causes of crime. Among the changes that were announced by the Premier yesterday is a reversal of the presumption of bail. That will mean accused offenders will have to prove why they shouldn't be held on remand for serious crimes committed while on bail. A trial of GPS tracking devices will also get underway for repeat offenders as young as 16 and 17 in crime hotspots across the state, including Townsville and the Gold Coast. The Youth Advocacy Centre is one of several groups that are calling for services, not sentences. In a joint statement, their CEO, Janet Wright, says the proposals don't seek to address the real issues that lead to an increased risk of young Queenslanders offending. That includes insecure housing lack of access to mental health services and age-appropriate activities. To South Australia now and health authorities are being accused of a cover-up after a positive coronavirus test linked to an international tennis star was allegedly kept a secret. Our reporter Sean Maynard has more. Yeah, the claims have been made by French tennis player Benoit Payer, who says a positive COVID-19 infection was picked up in a player's entourage ahead of an Australian Open warm-up event here in Adelaide uh, last month. We understand the case was an old infection. It wasn't contagious, but it wasn't mentioned by SA Health. They say that, well, that's because they were avoiding double counting. This 
has come to spot them publicising such cases in the past. Now, top players like Novak Djokovic, Rafael Nadal and Serena Williams were quarantining in Adelaide ahead of the event. Payer lashing out and organisers accusing them of double standards. He says the players who came to South Australia weren't subject to the same strict requirements as those who landed in Melbourne. Now, in a statement, SA's Chief Public Health Officer Nicholas Spurrier defending the secrecy, saying the specific test results showed it was an old infection and documentation detailed it had already been cleared by health authorities overseas. Now for the latest in business and finance news, we're joined this morning by Scott Phillips from the Motley Fool. And Scott, Nick Scarley has bowed to public and political pressure and is now repaying the money it received under the JobKeeper scheme. Good morning. Yes, public pressure and political pressure, of course. Andrew Lee of the Labor Party and others have joined the uh, the chorus of, of people calling for those companies to pay some of this money back. Nick Scarley, of course, choosing to pay back $3.6 million only on Monday night. Uh, still others, like the high-profile Premier Solomon Lou's business, haven't paid back that money. And it's a really difficult one, right? On one level, did they benefit from the taxpayer? Yes. On the other hand, they actually qualified for this money by definition. So when they got the cash... They actually weren't making the money, and that's what kept them to some degree, if not afloat, at least kept those people employed. So it's look, no one wants companies, particularly poor profit companies, to profit off the taxpayer. But this one's a really, really challenging one. Like, I get the, the simple, hey, just pay it back. On the other hand, next time around, will they be more reluctant to pull on the money? Will they lay off staff instead? We've got to be a little bit careful of those unintended consequences, unfortunately. And, Scott, of course, that massive story yesterday regarding Crown Resorts. What are going to be the long-term implications, do you think, for this? Man, so this is huge, Tash. Like everything right through from James Packer potentially having to sell out of Crown. Crown at this stage at least not able to open at Sydney Casino. And you've got to think too about the regulators in different states, of course. In WA and in Victoria at the moment, the regulators have found nothing adverse against those, or that business, I should say, for those casinos in those states. If you think about that and say, well, hang on, if, 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 if Crown's not fit to hold a license in Sydney or New South Wales, why not elsewhere? So a lot of soul searching to be done for Crown. Fair chance of a big shake-up of the board, of the executive ranks, potentially James Packer having to sell out altogether or significantly sell down his stake in Crown. So lots of fallout. And, of course, for long-suffering shareholders, the price probably will fall when the shares start trading on the market again. A lot to go through. Probably the big winners here are Star or the Star Group who have the casino across the harbour from, uh, from Crown. And another big story today, Spotlight. This is great. They're doing incredibly well. It's amazing, isn't it? So for all of the talk, and I've been in that in that group, of you know the move online and the growth and success of online retailers, we've talked about Kogan and Temple and Webster and others, Spotlight opening 150 stores over the next five years, at least that's the plan. So much for uh, people not shopping in stores anymore, and obviously they're seeing a big amount of demand. Of course, the parent group also owning Harris Scarf and some other stores, so there is life yet in the humble physical retail store. Yeah, return to sewing machines apparently going through the roof. Don't know how I know that. But anyway, <laughs> uh, Scott, another big story today. Could car dealerships be the future for shopping centres? This is well, very this is, interesting. <laughs> it is, isn't it? It's a, good, it's a good question because right now, Eagers Group, the biggest car dealer network in the country, have signed a deal to open a showroom, not on a, the side of a road, not in a high-traffic vehicle area, but in a high-traffic consumer retail area that is on a third, the third store of an Indrapilly shopping centre. They take it out a lease for a supermarket-sized space. They're going to have enough room for 35 cars. So rather than driving past or pulling in, while you're grabbing your groceries or maybe going to Spotlight, you can also duck up and buy yourself a new car. Not top of my list, but anyway. Scott, thank you very much. <laughs> Thanks, Tash. 
It's time for Sport Now with Brett Thomas. And Brett, as we reported earlier, Ash Barty was in fine form overnight, kicking off her Oz Open campaign in sensational style. Yes, she was, wasn't she, Tash? Good morning to you. Serving up a double bagel on Rod Laver Arena last night. Now, if you're not a tennis fan, that means she won six love, six love. Did not give her opponent, Danka Kovinic, a look in at all. She won in 44 minutes. And some of the stats out of that match are absolutely remarkable. Only lost three points on serve for the entire match. Most people lose that in one game. She was unbelievable, but... Uh, Funnily enough, Barty says that that doesn't mean that there's no room for improvement. I mean, we still we still look at the match. We still chat about the match, work on the little things that we always do, regardless of it's a win or a loss or what the scoreline is. So that's, that's a good thing is we, we still come back to work tomorrow and we go again. She is so humble now. She will face a, a tougher fight in the second round against Daria Gavrilova, the, uh, the Aussie a scrapper, the baseline scrapper, of course. We haven't seen her feature so highly in the later parts of uh, Grand Slam tournaments lately, but we know how much she fights. She knows Ash's game so well, so that'll be a much tougher matchup. Sam Stoza won through to the second round. That was the first time in six years. Jordan Thompson, unfortunately, had to retire uh, hurt yesterday, Tash. And Brett, as we reported earlier, Eddie Maguire is stepping down as the boss of Collingwood, effective immediately. What is next for Mr Maguire? Yeah, well, he's out of one hot seat. He's still in another, of course, on Channel 9 hosting uh, the Millionaire uh, show, which he'll still be doing. But in terms of his footy commitments, says he's going to take a break for a little while to regroup and heal. After almost 23 years, he stood down as Collingwood president following increasing pressure over the release of that report that found that systemic racism at the club does exist. It was his comments after that that have really resulted in him uh, standing down, that it was a proud day for the club. That certainly came back to bite him. Maguire says he didn't believe that he could see out the year as he had planned to do. People have latched onto my opening line last week, and as a result, I've become a lightning rod for vitriol. But worse, to place the club in a position where it's hard to move forward with the implementation of our plans with clear air. You can hear that he choked up there. Now, the AFL Commission uh, has released a statement and says, by stepping down as president, Eddie has shown his commitment to put the club first so I can focus on moving forward and implement its Do Better report. There were 18 recommendations on that, and uh, the commission says that racism is not and will never be acceptable in our game. So some fresh air for Collingwood, but um, he's been a busy man. He was Eddie everywhere yesterday, but we'll see what happens now in the future for Eddie Maguire. Watch with interest from AFL to the NRL Breton. Some news for the Panthers. Yeah, they've decided to name co-captains going into this season. Nathan Cleary, Isaiah Yo will share the captaincy duties at Penrith. Uh, they replaced James Tamo, who was uh, you know, a really popular leader there at the foot of the mountains. He joined the Tigers in the off-season. A Panthers great, Mark Guy, reckons that this is a good move. I think it's a great appointment. I think that you know, with Isaiah Yo, you've got a 148-game player at 26 years of age who's just about to enter his prime as a back rower. On the other hand, you've got one of the most professional rugby league players you can ever find in Nathan Cleary. Young team, of course, made the grand final last year went down to the storm but they've got a bright future and two captains there that really complement each other as well brett thanks so much thanks tash checking the weather details around the country now this wednesday morning partly cloudy 21 the expected top today for brisbane light shower or two on the way for sydney 24 31 degrees today for melbourne with sunny conditions and humidity expected cloudy and 24 for canberra sunny and 21 today for hobart mostly sunny a warm 35 degrees on the way today for adelaide partly cloudy and 23 for perth and a possible storm and showers 31 for darwin 
Russian authorities are trying to sweeten the deal to encourage more people to get the local COVID vaccine. Forget shots of vodka, a vaccination centre in the country's capital is handing out free ice cream if you get the jab. Recent polls show only around 38% of locals are confident that the Russian-made vaccine is safe. Despite serious COVID outbreaks right across the country, current immunisation rates are well below what officials had been hoping for. They were aiming for 60% of the Russian population to be vaccinated within just six months. And that's all you need to know to start your day with your morning agenda in your podcast feed from 6.30am every weekday morning. Please rate and review and you can also follow us on your socials at Your Morning Agenda on Instagram. I'm Natasha Belling. Thanks so much for your company. Have a great day and we look forward to seeing you tomorrow.